Welcome to episode 101 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Oh, not much. Andrew, what's up with you? Not too much. Uh, some cool news. Our theme music, which is by Z28. Yes. Uh, Great band. Yes. If I do say so myself, with our friend Jay on Featured. Mm-hmm. They are releasing their first full studio-length album, Nobody Rides for Free, on August 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's on Fuzzdom. Sorry, Fuzz, Fuzz Doom, Doom Records. I knew I was going to mess that up. But if you go to Fuzz Doom Records, Google it, Bandcamp, you'll find it. I think it's just bandcamp.fuzzdoom, isn't it? It's fuzzdoom.bandcamp. Okay, whatever. Blah, 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 whatever that yeah. super long URL is, just Google it. Uh, or put it into Facebook. They have it on their Facebook page, Fuzz Doom. There's also Z28 Band Facebook page that we put a link to there. We also put a link to their Bandcamp in the show notes every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, when this episode goes live, there will be, there will have already been a link posted to our Facebook page. Okay, excellent. For the record. So for our Facebook page as well, you can go to there and get a link to Z28. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got digital download, and then you can pre-order a CD, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely really good, especially if you like good hard rock music. Yeah. What would would you, is it like? It's like a... California, like... It's like Southern California, stoner rock slash... Metal kind of goes with like the Vannon documentary we talked about. Like, yeah, well, if you've ever heard the band uh, Fu Manchu, yeah, it reminds me of it's that. It's a very all. similar vibe to them. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. So, definitely fits the Z28 moniker. Oh yeah, it's the kind of music I would expect somebody driving a '79 Z28 to be cranking down the road. Yeah, because they're they don't have a first gen Z28 like a '69. It's a uh, second gen. All the logos and yeah. all the pictures from the band are all second gen Z28s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that definitely fits that '70s aesthetic more. Yep, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So check them out. Yep, their album's really good. Even, I think the opening track will have you hooked because that's really good. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll get right into Project Car updates. Sure, why not? We have a couple of good ones coming up, or happened. Yeah. Today we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about it every week for a year. Almost. Probably 40 episodes. Yeah. It's been 10 months. <laughs> 10 months. The WRX has a valid state inspection sticker. Correct. It's pretty Which sweet. It is awesome because now you won't get pulled over again because you did. I made it 10 months without getting pulled over until the other night. Did it let you go, though? Yes, he did. Give me a written warning. Or written warning, so it's on record. So if you got pulled over for it again, they'd be like, well... Sir. Yeah, he said it doesn't go against me, but Correct. obviously they would know that I've been pulled over for it and I've been running around it with it. It doesn't go against you, but it goes against you. Because he asked me, so uh, my work moved to uh, a tiny town that's in the north central part of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So there's not much going on. And uh, I'm leaving work about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I pass by a police officer. And I've seen him park or I don't know if it's the same officer, but I've seen them park in the same spot before, and I've driven past them. So maybe he's seen the car before and then just noticed it t- the other day. Right. And, you know, I get by him, and then, like, I see the lights come on. I was like, mm, maybe he's going to a call. <laughs> and, like, somebody had, like, pulled out in front of him, and then they pulled over, and then I pulled over, and they pulled behind me. Oops. Like, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> yeah, immediately. <laughs> he's like, you know why I pulled you over? I go, my luck has run out, sir. <laughs> he goes, that inspection sticker, I go, yep. <laughs> well, you, you had a rejection sticker on it? Yeah, Black R from 2018. So you know it was old. Oh, okay. It was a, it's a different color. It's green. Okay. Stickers this year. Had I got the rejection sticker 
this year he it would be red it. Yeah. and yeah he might be able to skirt by but since the last way to get a green rejection would be in january of sorry december, december yeah of 2018 yeah 2017 or in yes, 2018 i don't now. know what year this yeah. is yeah it's it's been expired for a while yes it is. but i've been trying to track down the 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 problem so well to be fair you get 60 days to fix it do and i tried to fix it and it took you about 60 days of working on it to fix it it's true just not consecutive it's true right so we'll let it slide Fair enough. He gave you the rest of the car was perfectly safe so as far as you knew no i he didn't know that yeah actually it wasn't a red r no it wasn't a, a red, red r. r is a safety safety violation yeah. it was a black r which is an emissions yeah. violation and the montero had a red r and i fixed it within three days yep. so technically he's supposed to fix it within one day yeah well it's like, that's because they want you to fix it at the shop. Yeah. But, but whatever. Regardless, I have a January sticker on it now. So why <laughs> is it only good till January? Because, so the rejection is good for 60 days. Yep. So I assume that October, 60 days, roughly, to January. So it would gave you the max amount that it would be the next month. I don't know about that. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You guys saw it. it Went if, to when if I had been able to reinspect it and brought it back in December, I would have got a ten on it. Okay, but since well, because it, it went beyond that, you yeah, know, they the just next... give me at the beginning of the year. Hmm. So you have to get another sticker in three months, yes. four, well, five months, whatever. Yes, but in 2019, the car is emissions exempt. So if the check engine line is on again for some it reason, matter. it doesn't matter. Okay, it just has to be safe, which is. It's easier to keep a car safe sometimes. Which is what we <laughs> tried to do. Yeah. We care more about that than anything else. Yeah. We don't want wheels falling then off try to the highway. Fix emissions all the time. Okay. I got you. So Because Massachusetts has a rolling nineteen year cutoff? Fifteen year. Fifteen year cutoff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that car is fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Two thousand four. Yeah. Seems like a brand new car. It does, especially since it's one of our closest friends that bought that car brand new. So it's always been around us since. And brand I remember new. that day he brought it to I like, do too. the driveway to show it to us at our parents' houses, which well, we were across the street. He from signed the title over to me. It had 13 miles on it when it sold it to him. Crazy. And now it's got almost 176,000. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Nope. I remember being jealous because I had a broken talent at the time. No, but I think you had an Audi. You had an Audi in 04. You had the 2001 no. Audi. No. I had the Audi in 03. Yeah. So it was him buying that WRX that pushed me to be like, I'm going to go see if I can buy a car. And I traded the Audi in for the Evo right afterwards. Yeah, they used 03. Yep. So, okay, yeah. So it's probably probably that part of 04 I did mm-hmm. have the Audi. You're right. And I had my Civic Si, almost the same color. Yep. So that's Different that time. Happened. Different time. No, I can't believe it was 15 years ago. That's like this month makes... I bought the Talon in 2001, mm-hmm. so that's 17 years I've had that one car. That's insanity. Which is really weird. Yep. I've had that car half of my adult life. Yeah, that's strange. Yep. Not even half of my adult life, I guess, just half of my life. Half of your life, period, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we got that car, too. Yep, very well. So, anyway, I still have to get to that car. But we'll get there. First, mm-hmm. as we've said, we're going to Radwood. We are. In Atlanta. And 
There's going to be one in Philly there now. Which we're also going to go to. And we're going to bring more than 14th. one car. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get the talent ready for that. Excellent. And the Glant will be ready. And then you I'll will have try to get I'm going to try to have Sapporo ready at least. Yeah. And who knows what else I'll have yeah. by then. So Stephanie can drive the Glant We down. can bring a whole yeah. army of cars to that one. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. But anyway, you and I are driving the Glant down. So we need to get it ready. So this weekend we're going to do the oil change mm-hmm. and just double check everything. Make sure it's nice and all the suspension's nice and tight. Safe for a trip. Uh, it should be good to go, but it if not, be. there's and the enough. The car has been to Texas and back, and we have enough time. It was a while go. ago, but yeah. I I did drive it uh, like a week ago, probably 100 miles in heat. It was in heat. I was looking for other glants. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, yes. Uh, now I drove up to Nashua, met up with Jordan. We drove over to Cars and Coffee in Salem. Right. So it was a good little Oh, that's a loop. roundabout way to get there. Yeah, it was yeah. a good little <laughs> loop for the car, though, because there was a couple problems that I uh, addressed. Okay. Um, yeah. Did it, we address the warm running? Uh, you know, the other night it wasn't doing that. Hmm. Maybe we'll just burp it again. Is it an air bubble or something? No, I don't know. I'll double check it again. Because that's going to be important when driving to Atlanta. Well, it's it's not running too hot, though. It's running warmer than usual. Yeah. It maybe all... it's just the new radiator and the new and the thermostat, just how it runs. It might be. I yeah. mean, if you're running at speed, it's fine. It was in, when it was idling. Okay. And yeah. it wasn't real hot. What was it at, like 210? It's 210. And yeah. then what happens is it it raises the idle, the ECU does, to flow Compensate. more coolant. Yeah. And that, so it's it's mostly just annoying because it's idling high. But right. uh, It could be a coolant temp sensor. It could be. I can grab one. Yeah, they're like twenty bucks. Yeah, that's always been a problem I've had with every Mitsubishi I've ever. They wear out after they a wear while. Out. I replace them all the time. Even OEM ones, they wear out like yes, pretty they do. quickly. Um, I that's almost, I'm I gonna, almost always had one on the glove box of the Snarian. Yeah, and even if I don't change it beforehand, I'll just grab one to bring. Right. Yeah, but we should probably bring like a thermostat, an alternator, um, a temp sensor, those kinds of common things. Starter, maybe. No, that's all. Maybe less a starter. That's all, both of those things are OEM. I would still bring an alternator. No. Based off my Mitsubishi experience. No, they're OEM rebuilds. All right. Knock on the wood of the deal here. No, they're fine. Um, and they're not hard to find either. Okay. As long as they're not hard to find, I don't care. The, uh, yeah, you know, I do want to flush the brake fluid and... Uh, I'd like to. I'm gonna need a hand with it because it's kind of a big job. The uh, door trim, the paint on the door trim. Literally a smaller job than flushing the brakes. No, because it's a lot of masking off. Yeah, it's not. A and big sanding, deal. like wet sanding, because somebody had tried to fix it, and there's all like you can tell where the paint fish eyed from spray painting it and yep. ran. Yep, they didn't do a very good job no. at all. No. So we need to wet sand the black, and yes. then spend a bunch of time masking it off. Not a lot of time at all. Well, whoever did it didn't really do a good job because yeah. I remember when I got the car, it had overspray on the windows. We'll do a much better job very very quickly. Yes. Uh, and that's Oh, and I have an awesome period correct accessory for it. A couple, actually, that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I'll put those. We'll show those in a video. Installation video? Yeah. In the garage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're pretty rad. And they'll look cool in the car. Yeah, they're pretty cool. We should definitely film it in some kind of like 80s style. 
We can make this happen. Yes. And I want to do the other thing I talked about to the car, too. Which well, we, I don't want to talk about now because I'll give it away. But I'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, because I don't remember what it is. So you have to tell me afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I just hand gestured and you figured it out. <laughs> so that's what I have for Project Car Updates. What do you got? Uh, actually, an exciting one. Um, speaking of cars that I've owned for... Speaking of cars that we've owned for more than a, half of our lives. Yeah. Um... It's been down for a couple of years for a pretty simple repair um, because at first I didn't realize it was a simple repair. I thought it was a difficult repair, and I just parked it and didn't touch it, didn't even look at it, didn't even properly diagnose it. But I have that 68 Camaro that I've had, if you want to get technical about it, I've had it since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And now I am 37, 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 37. So I've had the car for 29 of my 37 years, which is a long time to own anything, mm-hmm. um, especially something that you drove when you were a teenager and easily could have ruined at that time. Thankfully, I did not. Um, so about two, actually almost exactly two years ago, because I took pictures of the car last time I took it out, and they were dated August um, 3rd, 2016. Oh, So it's been almost exactly two years. I pulled the car out of the garage early August 2016, and all of a sudden, it was a smokescreen everywhere. So I immediately like ran around the front of the car and looked under the hood and just saw that there was oil pouring all over the exhaust manifolds. Well, the exhaust where it went down under the car. Cool. Yeah, not good. So I shut the car off, pushed it back in the garage, said I'll deal with this later. I don't have time to deal with it today. At that time in my life, there was a lot of stuff going down, a lot of stuff going on, and I just didn't have time to deal with it. Didn't look at it for the entire rest of that season. Didn't look at it for the entire 2017 driving season. Just because that was an even crazier time in my life with a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Just never had a chance to look at it. So the beginning of this driving season, when the car is stored at my parents' house in his garage, and he pulls all the cars out every spring, kind of ritually, and cleans the garage floor, and gets the cars all organized for the year of driving the cars. Again, for our outside of New England listeners yes we have a driving season because <laughs> we can't drive in the winter time um he pulled the car outside and he started it and he ran it just enough to get it outside and shut it right off again but he decided to delve into it a little deeper now what i had imagined had happened without even looking at the car was possibly the rear main seal on the engine had let go because it looked like it was pouring out around the bell housing mm-hmm. and it was getting onto the exhaust that way um and it does not like the beer that I brought tonight, apparently. That look was an absolute disgust on his I'll face. I'll drink it. It just it's took kind of weird. Um, anyway, it's a, a Wachusett Mass Soul, which is a take on, obviously, the Mass Hole. Um, oh, really? Yes. Is well, people who, people who aren't from Massachusetts don't know the Mass Hole thing. So, anyway, I think it's delicious. But Andrew does not like it because he does not like IPAs all the time. Anyway, so I assumed it was the rear main seal. You probably shouldn't put that there. It's your phone. I'm going to sweat all over it. There you go. Um, I assumed it was the rear main seal, and it was leaking onto the exhaust manifolds and causing the smoke, so I was going to have to pull the transmission and do a clutch the whole nine yards. Um, My father knew my frustration level with it and everything that had been going on in my life in the past year, and he decided he was going to look a little closer at it and realize that all it was was the oil pressure gauge inside the car, is mechanical and it has a 
hard plastic line. If you ever installed an, uh, an aftermarket like oil pressure gauge or a boost gauge and has that nylon tube, that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Basically. Exactly what it is. That like chintzy looking nylon tube. Yep. So it's a oil line that goes from the back of the motor, engine, excuse me, Andrew, back of the engine through a hole in the firewall into the center console where the gauge is. Yep. And it had broken at the engine block. So when the car was running and there was oil pressure, it was spitting that oil out and where the line had broken and fallen to was next to the transmission. So it looked like it was coming out of the bell housing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, hence why I assumed that it was coming out of the rear main seal. Well, 50-year-old car. 50-year-old brittle plastic line. Yeah. So, it is what it is. So, I finally ordered the part. It was eight whole dollars from whatever restoration house I bought it from. It's a Camaro. You can literally build one from a VIN number and make mm-hmm. a whole car from scratch, pretty much. Um, so, I bought one from one of the restoration places. It was like eight bucks, included the fittings. Um, it required taking apart the entire center console mm-hmm. because the gauges on the SS in uh, the first three years of Camaros, there's four gauges in the front of the console. Was that a package, like a rally gauge pack or something? It was the S- it was part of the SS package. Okay. They came with the center console with uh, with the gauges in them. Yeah. Um, so it has a temperature gauge, a voltmeter. Um, it's like a competition gauge pack yeah. or something? So the, the fuel gauge is there. Yeah. The voltmeter, the temperature gauge, and the oil pressure gauge. Well, that's where the fuel gauge is there. It is. If you don't have the gauge back, it's in the cluster. Huh. Um, but my car, where the fuel gauge would be, has a clock. Oh. In the middle of the tachometer, they call it the tick-tock tech. Oh, that's right. That's a cool little fact yeah, about that. Yeah, so that's where the fuel gauge would be, I think, the, on a non-SS. The tack on that car is really cool looking because it looks like a chronograph. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, it's got the clock in the middle of it. Yeah. Which I should at some point take apart and send out and have rebuilt because the, the clock does not work. But Well, yes, it has a clock in it, but it also looks like a chronograph. Like a chronograph is just the dial of a watch. Like, mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. It's, yeah, it's a very cool gauge package. It's really cool looking, yeah. But anyway, so I had to take apart the center console. Um, I've never had the gauges apart before, and mm-hmm. they're very interesting looking when they're apart because the face of the gauges, um, unlike in modern cars where you have like a piece of plastic with a printed, you know, sticker over it these are little aluminum trays each gauge face mm-hmm. and the meters are like painted on them so they're real intricate looking and fancy looking when you get the whole car taken yeah, apart I if they were like screen printed or something on the or lithographed probably some kind of lithograph yeah That's what I'm they're very interesting of. looking though because they're very intricate um and they look like the aluminum trays look like miniature little cookie trays. Do they have like a name on them? They like Stuart Warner or something, or like a I think there's AC. videos or just AC Delco yeah. gauges. AC, which I also learned an interesting fact about the other day, which I'll get to in a minute. Okay. Um, but anyway, it wasn't a hard job. I think the hardest job was fishing the fitting through the firewall and getting it down to where it needed to be. Cool. To the back of the gauge. Um, but the whole job, from beginning to end, probably took me two and a half hours. Nice. And that's only because I was struggling with the hose was shipped to me and the fitting was too far up on the hose and I was having a hard time getting it over the edge of the hose, pull it down towards where it would catch the um, 
the feral. The, the, yeah, the, the feral and the other the other half of the feral in the car. Yeah, it looks like a little compression fitting. Exactly, but there was a little there's like a metal a metal um, piece in the end of the hose that brings down from the size of the hose to a smaller pinhole mm-hmm. to create the proper pressure. Yeah, um, and the little ferrule wouldn't fit over that very easily, so I had to like build a little jig to make it go down a little further so I could reach the ferrule in the car. Yeah, my dad said he walked over and investigated what you were doing. Yes, he did. Um, but yeah, I got it all taken care of and figured out. So yeah, your father always likes to poke his nose into what's going on car-wise, which I appreciate greatly. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Well, I mean, he grew up with old muscle cars. So he asked him stuff about 60s yeah, American no. cars. It's like, yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. It, it feels good to do things by yourself without anybody else help sometimes, yeah. but it's also good to know that He's there with the knowledge if you need it. Yeah. So, uh, thankfully, this was a pretty simple, straightforward job, and I was able to take care of it. But um, it was very satisfying to get the car back together, to fire it up. I think I posted a video to our uh, Instagram page. You did. Which you made fun of because it was blurry, and it probably was blurry because I had, like, grease on my hand when I picked the phone up, and it was on the (laughs) lens, and I was too excited to even notice because the car was running for the first time in two years. I just posted it up and called it a day. I know. I haven't ridden in the car in a while. I hadn't driven it in two years, so it's been at least that we long could, for you. Uh, we've got that new mic set up. We could do a, a driving podcast from it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down with that. Um, so, yeah, it went together easier than it came apart. Um, everything worked. Obviously, I tested everything before I uh, put it back together. I made sure all four bulbs in the console were working. Mm. So I was going to buy new bulbs if they weren't. I couldn't remember. And they were. Until I put it together. Um, <laughs> and one bulb burnt out later that day. So it must have just you been joss- jostled around enough. The so. filament was like weak. Yeah, it's super annoyed. Um, thankfully, it's only, I think, six bolts to take it apart. So I'll take it back apart again and put new bulbs in it. Maybe some brighter, more modern bulbs so you can see the gauges better and show them off a little better at nighttime. But yeah, the whole thing, the whole project went pretty smoothly. So I'm pretty happy with it. I took the next day. I did about 150 miles, I think, in the car. Nice. And uh, without a hiccup. At first, there was some extra residual smoke from just the oil that had leaked out, burning yeah, off. Yeah. But once all that burned off, I mean, the car ran great. Um, no complaints. I just need to get new tires for it because they're well past their prime. Mm-hmm. And uh, not totally the right size either. They're a little oversized, and the wheel offset is a little off because I have those American Racing um, Coke bottle style. They look like the Libras there. that you have on the Colt, but they're, they're not. They're, they're a five-spoke version of the four-spoke Libras. It's the same design wheel. Yep, it is the same wheel, um, but the offset is a little too deep in the front. Um, it probably wouldn't be so bad at the proper size tire on it, but I literally put those tires on when I was 16. That's a problem. Yeah, and they're old. So it's time to change them out. Get some. Uh, they weren't new then. Get some BFGTAs on there. Um, White letters out. Honestly, um, I think I'm going to switch back to the green steel wheels. Okay. That the car came with, with some brand new shiny chrome lug nuts over and, the green uh, steel. You're gonna get like uh, red lines. Either actual BFG white letters. Okay. Which might look cool with that setup. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the red line. Because you have the actual NOS chin spoiler for it, don't you? I do have a chin spoiler for it, yeah. It's a real NOS part, Yes. Right? Yeah. What I'd like to find um, is a set of like mini lights style wheels for it. 
but I don't have the budget right now for that. So I the, have the green steel wheels, so I'm just going to do that for but now. But the steel wheels are what originally came in the car, and they're color matched to it, right? It came with the green steel wheels with dog ditch hubcaps, but I don't want to run the hubcaps, I think. I want to run chrome lug nuts with no center caps. You should just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Just change it up, because the car has literally looked the same since I was 16. I haven't changed a thing. Yeah, do the so, green I mean, wheels. You can't change too much because it's an all original, unpainted, unrestored 68 Camaro SS no, 350 two owner car. Yeah. But I can do little things like that, and I have that factory front chin spoiler for it, and I have. Yeah, put that stuff on. Yeah. That, just do that. Yep. That's all, literally all you need to do. Yep. And it looks super, super cool. And I may. And the exhaust has rotted in such a way that it sounds cool. No, the exhaust is not rotted. The exhaust has changed. Oh, you fixed the exhaust? Yeah, years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, many, many years ago. Um,. I may change out the front springs. It does sit a lot. It sits. It's especially noticeable when you're parked next to another first gen Camaro. I wonder why. I don't know if the wrong springs were in it or something, because the guy had done some weird stuff here and there to the car. So he might have changed the springs out for a stiffer spring rate. Uh, and it's, it definitely sits higher. And my father has that '67, and they're parked side by side often. And it just it's like two inches taller than his in the front. So change the tires first. It's it's definitely partially the tires, but it's definitely more than just the tires. And I think the car would look cool with a nice wide white ladder tire on steel wheels with a minor little subtle lowering. I'm not talking about like stuffing the car to the ground, but just a subtle little drop. Do it. Trans Am style, but a convertible because it's a convertible. So, But anyway, yeah, it was awesome. Went to the Cars and Coffee the next day, and it was good. Yeah, how big was Cars and Coffee? Big, as it is. That's the, this the is the southern... Seacoast. Seacoast. Seacoast Cars and Coffee. Yes, the one in um, Newington, New Hampshire at the Box Run Mall. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good huge, show. Huge, right? It yeah. wasn't as big as last week, yeah. but it was still probably three or 400 cars, which is big for Cars and Coffee around here for sure. And then after that, I went for the same ride I described at the last Seacoast Cars and Coffee, where I went out with our friend... Um, Maylin. Uh, Maylin with her Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of did like a seacoast drive slowly back to Massachusetts. Cool. Yeah, it was a good time. But the Camaro's back out. Life is good. Nice. So we'll have to do some pictures and content because I haven't done that. Yep, we haven't done it in a while. Uh, to be cliched, this, uh, this beer is very dank. It is. Yeah. It's probably the most hoppy East Coast IPA I've had in, in a long while. It's not that hoppy. Really? Why does it taste bitter? I don't know. I don't think it tastes bitter at all. To, to me, it tastes bitter like yeah. it has a lot of hops. I think it's delicious. I don't know. The beer you brought over, the other beer, the Blood Orange Guppy. Yeah, that's from uh, Pipe Dream in Chicago. Yeah, but it's a session IPA, mm-hmm. so it's a little sweeter. Yeah, plus it, has the, plus it has the Blood Orange. Yeah. But, no, I I, I recommend the Wachusa's Mass Soul because it's good, I think. But obviously, yeah. beer is very subjective. Is there anything with flavor? Mm-hmm. But I think it's good. Scale project up, car updates? Anything? Uh, interesting one. Okay. So I got you one of the Hot Wheels Dotson 510s. Yeah, you lucky dog. You found like I found three, three of them. Three? Which is weird because I had gone to that particular store. Um, if you're into Hot Wheels collecting at all, you know how hard it is to find anything Japanese, <laughs> especially the premium ones. Yeah. Because they get bought up in bulk by people and put on eBay. And especially in like a heavily populated area like here, they yes. just get they wiped disappear out. disappear immediately, yeah. So I happened to go to that particular retailer the night before, and I noticed that they were doing a reset of mm-hmm. the Hot Wheels section. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? 
as a joke, as a not a joke, but as a experiment, I'm gonna pop in here tomorrow and see what else gets put out. Mm-hmm. So that 50th anniversary Hot Wheels series has the Fat Dotson 510, Volkswagen, um, Squareback, uh, 56 Chevy, and a Conaline pickup. They've kind of been recycling Javelin. a lot of the same castings for a while. They only have so many. Yeah, you know they sell when they make what's popular. Yeah. So, but the night before they had all of the other cars except for the 510 wagon. So in my brain, I was like, some guy came in here and bought all the 510 wagons and is selling them on eBay. That's annoying. Yeah. Um, so I came in the next day to see if they had put out new stuff because there's a few things that I'm looking for that are current Hot Wheels releases. Um, and all of the 50th anniversary cars are gone except for three 510 wagons. Sweet. So I wonder if somebody had hidden them somewhere in the store to buy them later. And they found them. And staff found them, put them back where they belonged, and I found them. So I bought all three of them. Not to be a jerk, put them on eBay, but to give to my friends and keep one for myself. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yes. Because I know there's no other way for them to get them. And mm-hmm. I'm not a scalper. I'm not looking to make, you know, nope. nine sell a $5 car for $9 on eBay. It's not worth my time. Um, so I bought them to give to people. So you now have the 50th anniversary 510 wagon. I do. It's so, pretty cool. It's got those four spokes. Yes, with the stretched tires and full detail around. It's very cool. Um, scale project cars. Yeah. Um, this is a future scale project car. Okay. I've been looking for it for a long time for a reasonable price. Okay. Um, in the diecast world, nobody makes first gen eclipses until recently when that 143rd came out that we talked it was about. Was actually in the past. a resin. Yes, it wasn't even diecast. A lot of the newer stuff is resin, but that's very cool. So there's only been two diecast first gen eclipses in the history of diecast and eclipses. Okay. One of which is a one sixteenth scale. Yeah. Um, that was made by Mitsubishi when the car first came out to promote the car, and only given to employees of the company. Mm-hmm. And one was not branded as a Mitsubishi at all. It was branded as a no name vehicle, and sold. By a company called Ertl. Yeah. Um, as what they call their Speed Strips series. So the Speed Strip series were these Hot Wheels sized cars that had a little view box that you put on them. And as you turned the dial on the view box, there's a cartoon strip inside the car that you can read, like the little comic about the car and the police officer trying to catch the car inside the little comic strip inside the car. So there's no interior detail. It has a weird, dumb comic strip in it. But I've been looking for one for a very long time, and they're usually a dumb amount of money. Yeah. So I picked this up the other day when it popped up on eBay cheaply, and it is a Ertl Speed Strips first-gen Eclipse. Oh, it's so weird. Isn't that sweet? So they don't call it an Eclipse. They call it a red. Look at the back of the package. What does it say on the bottom row there? Uh, it is... Red Heat or something? Red Heat, Invasion of the Garbage Catcher? Correct. That's the comic strip, Invasion of the of the, of the the Garbage Catcher, that's inside the car that you do a little viewfinder below. Now, as a kid, I had a bunch of these. I never had this one. That's so weird. So, but it's 100% a first-gen Eclipse Talon laser. Oh, it definitely is. There's nothing about it that's not. The pop headlights, the fog lights, the cladding, the spoiler... Oh, look at that guy. That kid's so happy. Right? There's an instruction manual on the back of how to do it, so we can open that up and you can read the comic live on air if you would like. 
but the intention for this car is... Oh, look I'm, at that. What a trip. Toys R Us tag is yep. still on here. Yeah, two ninety nine. it was back in the day. Yeah. So I had a couple of these growing up. I had the RX-7, um, which wasn't called an RX-7, and I had the Corvette, which wasn't called a Corvette. None of these were licensed, but they were exact copies of real cars. Yeah. Snap the car onto viewer and see the action-packed adventure inside. Will Sheriff Puckett win? Right, he never does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I remember these growing up. I don't remember this car because I didn't know what an Eclipse was when I was, yeah. you know, seven years old. But if you look at the back of the package, in the bottom is a Corvette and a RX-7. And I had both of those. So it's a <laughs> dumb toy. What a rip on... Uh Smoking the Bandit, too. Buford T. Puckett. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 100%. God, they couldn't... No originality. No. Well, it's Ertl. What do you want? Oh, that's perfect, too. Look, like Hot Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Honey, I Hit the Hydrant. A toast <laughs> to Mr. Chicken. Gone with the Bees. Lawman of the Jungle. Lawman Meets Jane. Now, below the names of the cars, all of them are somewhat related to the kind of car they are. Yeah. Like, the Camaro is, like, the rock. Yeah. Um, And the Thunderbird is, like, what is the Thunderbird one? The C4 Corvette Scorcher. Yeah. Two men and a squirrel? What? <laughs> that sounds disturbing. <laughs> World according to Carp? I don't understand. Full Metal Ladder? Silver Knight? Yeah. So those, those are the so names weird. of the comic strips that are inside the car. So you snap the car on that little viewer. And he put it up to the light, and the light goes through the windshield of the car, and then it backlights the um, the comic strip inside the car, so you can like scroll through it with a little dial. So I specifically remember these things growing up, but when I found out they made an Eclipse one, it became my mission to find one, uh, and I found one. That's wild. That wasn't thirty or forty dollars, because usually they're thirty or forty dollars. The rest of them you can buy super cheap, like three or four bucks. But for some reason, the Eclipse one goes for huge money when it pops up for sale. I don't know. It, they're apparently the only time these cars go for huge money. Yeah, well, it's probably because it's the only Hot Wheels-sized first-gen Eclipse ever. I know. That's pretty cool, though. Like, ever. Do you have the other one down here? We'll put that on the video. It's uh, Yeah, it's right up there. It's right up on the shelf. This is the resin one. Out the yeah. bottom, so that's like super detailed, nice. Yeah, well, that's that's the first real, other than the one that was released by Mitsubishi in 1989, or maybe even 1988. That was one sixteenth scale, which is an odd scale. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first like, collector level mm -hmm. Eclipse first gen DSM that was ever done. So we bought a few of those, even though they were kind of expensive. <laughs> now here's the beer we have. Yes. This was really good, and then this is also really good, despite what Andrew thinks. Yeah, it's not so. great. If you're in Massachusetts, so. give it a try. That will anyway. get a lot outside of here. Thanks for watching. We'll get back to the... Yeah, there's a live video there. For those listening to the podcast, we just talked about that because there was a live video going. Yeah. Which is now off. But anyway, let me take this car. I'm going to open it's this up story, real quick. Though. Um... So my plan with this car is I'm going to take it apart. Okay. And I'm going to strip it and paint it. No, blue. you're ruining the. You're opening the package. I'm going to make, make it blue, oh. blue, black, and silver. 
I'm pr protecting all of the graphics in the package, Andrew. Don't worry. Oh. Oh. I have to get this thing into the... It's not worth as much, so don't knock that off the car. So, it's a fairly it's accurate... Kind of pink. Yeah. Let's try faded. No, it's not faded. It's pretty but accurate. It's, it's very accurate. You can see the little comic strip in the bottom. Oh, that's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's easy to take apart. Just unscrew it. Oh, there's screws on it? Right nice. on the bottom. i got to find a nice set of scale six spokes for it and build a copy of my old car. I'll just paint the windows black. Yeah, it doesn't quite have the right uh, front and rear bumpers, but it's close it's enough. Close enough, considering. Hmm. It's pretty weird. It's very weird. Would you like to read the comic? Yeah, let me see this thing. <laughs> Not exactly the best uh, How does this go on, like, podcast fodder here, out. but... Weird. And you look through. Do you see the comic? I do see the comic. <laughs> I don't know where it starts. Which way you go? Oh, I don't know how that works. Three, two. Oh, they're numbered. Um, so I'm turning it. I'm looking through it. Yes, I'm taking a picture oh, so we so can have a picture. One. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, Jordan with the Dotson uh, said the kid liked it so much he jammed it into his eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> so it's screaming towards the dump. The police car is chasing him. There's another police car. He hit something. Oh, he slammed in the back of the garbage truck. And now uh, Buford T. Pickett is covered in garbage, kind of like uh, Biff <laughs> in Back to the Future. Right, more ripoffs. Yeah, and then uh, that's it. <laughs> it comes back, right back around. That's all that's there. So anyway, yeah, the cars all have generic names that are close to what the kind of cars are. Uh, the Camaro is called Rockman. The Firebird is called Firefly. Yeah. There's a Bronco called Bronco Buster. Um, let's see if we can... Oh, yeah, there it is. It's kind of weird. Can you get a picture of it through the thing? I can. So that's number one. And there's number two. And there's number three. And then... Are you doing a video of this? Yeah, I'm videoing it oh, excellent. as we're doing it. Excellent. Riveting. So yeah, if you don't like the audio of the podcast, go to the Instagram page and you can see it there. <laughs> but anyway, it's I thought it was a cool, um, dumb little thing to yeah. pick up. And because of the scarcity of first-gen Eclipse in scale, um, if I ever I see one, I pick it up. We had it focus before, but now it won't focus. I do have some rather exciting um, first-gen scale anyway. diecast news yeah but let's keep we'll going save that for next week so anyway moving on anything else going on andrew have you done any scale project updates uh no oh, man the comic has the clips in it the whole time yeah oh that's awesome oh, no I'm stoked. i haven't touched any in a while i get nothing i'll find a way to blow this up somehow because it's so, awesome yeah now brad is looking at it yeah, um, i'm obsessed now yeah i guess that uh that's it. So as always... No, no, no. No, what no, else you got? You got more? Done. We're not done. I thought we were done. Um, we're going to start doing um, Craig, Craig, Don't Tell Me on <gasps> oh, episodes right. where we do listener questions, I think we discussed. Oh, but Brad just wants to get me with it because um, I sprung it on him last I, week. You sprung on me last week, and I didn't know that we were doing it again, and it became my obsession this week to put together some more for you. I put a little twist on it, though. I did Craig, Craig, Don't Tell Me with a keyword. We're going to need like a... Uh, th intro theme music for Craig Craig Don't Tell Me or something. Yeah, maybe. 
we'll figure that out. We'll have to ask um, Z28 for another song. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did Craig Craig Don't Tell Me with a keyword. Okay. So my keyword this week was rare. Okay. So I searched the word rare in Craig's list to see what comes up. All right. So this that's the clue you get. Okay. So we're going to start with this car. So obviously you know every car has that word rare. Okay. Whether or not that's a clue is up to you because everybody thinks their car is rare. So who knows? Mm-hmm. So I will skip the beginning of the description and read the second half of the bold description. Low miles, all the goodies, 400 horsepower, rare. Okay. Willing to sell, leftover from the year it came, bought in late the year after it came out. Retailed $44,000. All the options. Black, tan leather, aftermarket exhaust with SQ pipes. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, is it a Camaro? No. New Z-rated Hankook Venti 12 tires, which I don't know what those are either, but it reminds me of the old Fast and the Furious line about the Gallo 12. <laughs> They're Z-rated. Z-rated, I got that. Hankook. I, I, actually, his Hankook. It's a Corvette. Damn, that's good. What gave it away so fast? The, I don't know. It just seemed like a Corvette type of ad. It does. Yeah, Venti. But hold on. C- no, it's got to be a C5. It is a C5. Yeah. Damn it. That was too easy. Um, Vent- oh, I'm just going by the horsepower. The Vent- horsepower numbers. Venti 12 tires, new custom black spider ring rims, new what? taillight covers, of course. Yeah. New rare spoiler. Oh, New no. front splinter. Spl- splinter? Spl- is that splinter? New oh, front splinter. No. Painted calibers. Custom hood. No. Three suspension settings. Bose speakers with new JVC flat screen stereo. No, no, CD, no. DVD, Pandora, Spotify, iPod, MP3, Bluetooth. Custom Corvettes are just don't often work. Low miles driven May through November. Um, my favorite line in the whole ad is the end of the ad. I'll skip a bunch of stuff because you already guessed the car. Uh, mobile one synthetic oil changes. Had black mesh installed on all ports and openings. I was hoping to get to that line, but I didn't. All right. Uh, Willing to trade for Z06. Wow. So it's not even a Z06. No. So how did it have 400 horsepower? Must be modified. No listing of what the modifications would be to give it 400 horsepower. Because the only thing that had 400 horsepower in a C5 was a Z06. Yeah. This is a 99 C5 convertible. That was like a 350 to 380 horse car when it was new. Yeah, because in 05... The uh, Z06 at 405 horse. Yeah. So that was well, from, six years from after From 02 this. on. Sorry, 02, I mean, yeah. yeah. And after 02, it went to 425 horse, I think. Yeah. Anyway, you got the first one. It's a lucky guess. All right, all right. It's a lucky guess. I should have went with Corvette was the first thing, and then I was like, ah, maybe it's a Camaro. But just saying. Just saying. Okay. So, this car is $4,800 okay. in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Okay. I was told this is a rare find with only 4000 ever made. But like everyone, I bought a project car, which never seems to get worked on. 
I bought this a few years ago and have fixed all the mechanical issues, but it still needs bodywork. Four speed manual, four cylinder, four by four, with 104,000 miles. Runs great. I enjoy taking it to the beach, but just no time to fix it where I want it. It has doors. Like a, C, like a CJ7? Nope, but no top. Actually, it has a top, but someone made it, and it's not great. Although I do have a bikini for it. Well, it's some sort of Jeep. Nope. Oversized tires are good, with a spare. Needs bodywork and paint. Sad to see her go, but needs more offer. Needs more love than I can give her. 4800 a reasonable offer. Is it Japanese? Bold, no trades. It's not Japanese. But is it American, then? It is American, yes. And it's not a Jeep? It is not a Jeep. What would have a four-cylinder? It's not. Is it like an S10 Blazer that somebody cut the roof off of? No, this is a stock vehicle. Whoa. There's a lot of information in this ad, too. I mean, all of it points to a Jeep, but it's not a Jeep. It's not a Jeep. Oh, what... what uh... And it's not Japanese. Honestly, at $4,800, I kind of want to buy it. It's not Japanese, so it can't be like a Jimmy or a Suzuki. A Jimmy would be American. A Suzuki Jimmy? Oh, a Jimny. Jimny. Yeah, it's not that, no. Hmm. I don't know. I'm Can we give you a year? Yeah. It's a 77. Four-cylinder. Four-cylinder, four-speed, four-by-four. That's a lot of fours. With a four-cylinder? Yeah. What American 4x4 came with a four-cylinder? Just one. I, I, I think know. I win this round. You got, you got me. <laughs> I, I got nothing. That's a 77 International Super Scout 2. Oh. Yep. Oh. So, yeah, I should have went more obscure. Yeah, well, that's why I went with it. Cause see, I, I told you, again, the keyword is rare, so sometimes it might actually be rare. Oh, see, I thought, um, you know, I thought... Scouts had V8s. They did. Yeah. And inline sixes and four cylinders. Also diesels. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of options. Yeah. Anyway, it's the same. You know that white one that we see all the time that goes to Cars and Coffee with the green interior? Yeah. It's the same exact truck. Mm-hmm. Um, just the black interior. It has the black sections where the soft doors go and all that stuff. All right. I have one more for you. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the year right off the bat. Uh, it's okay. 1999. All right. Um, and the price is $17,995. Okay. Um, We're happy to be able to offer for sale this rare blank. With only 18,000 original miles on this time capsule vehicle. Red with tan leather. Climate control garage kept. Yada, yada, yada. About that, that stuff. Every factory option available with this model, including chrome wheels, sport styling, Storage compartment, CD player, and many more. Comes with original window sticker, original owner's manuals, and and still in the package OEM mats. This truck has never been driven in element. Oh, I blew it there. Damn it. Oh, it's a truck. Damn All it, right. I blew it. This vehicle has never been driven in the elements, and it is truly a definition of, in quotes, all capitals, pristine end quotes, vehicle. It will not disappoint anyone. SVT Lightning. Negative. 
This vehicle came out of a private car collection. Pictures do not do this truck. Pictures do not do. Pictures do not do this truck no justice. It is a must see. Oh, it okay. is a must. It is a must see, <laughs> touch, and drive. Please feel free to request additional. What the pictures. hell? In '99, then this vehicle sh- is showing by appointment only! Exclamation point. So I can go back because I left a couple of things out when I was giving you a description because I didn't want to give away that it was a truck. What would be desirable as a truck in '99? What mm-hmm. the heck was out? So other than like a Lightning, it's not, not a Lightning. Um, if it's not a Lightning, then the SSR was not '99. Nope, it's not that either. So. Oh my gosh. Um, is it a Ram like RT10 with the Viper engine? It is not. Really? Okay. It is not. It is a V8. What did Chevy have? That was pr- that Chevy didn't have anything cool. The 454 SS would have been too early. Yeah, it's not that. I feel kind of bad at this point. Um, because you partially have guessed it in one of your previous guesses. But you went too far with the options list afterwards. It's just a Dodge Ram? It's just a Dodge Ram. It's a plain Jane Dodge Ram. Nothing special. Not fancy truck at all. Just a red $18,000.99 Dodge Ram. Just a red first-gen Ram. Yes. Which they want $1 per mile it's been driven. Yeah, it's not even like the only thing significant about that body style is that it debuted that new styling. But that was in '93. No, later than that, '97. Four? No, maybe '94. You're right. Yeah. Maybe. The Kenworth styling, which became yeah. iconic. Yep. It is an iconic truck. Not that iconic. But I mean, don't get me wrong. At nineteen thousand miles, I'm not at seventeen grand. The truck is pristine. Yeah, quotations, all bold capitals. It really is. Maybe it's eight to ten thousand. It, it still has chalk marks on the tires and stuff on the bottom. Yeah, like it's a really nice truck. But anyway, it's like a Radwood royalty truck. That's almost too late being ninety nine. Um, I did have one other one that I found, um, which I'm not going to make you guess because you're never going to guess it. Okay. Um, but it blew my mind that it exists. All right. It's a 1967 Abercrombie and Fitch. What? Ford replica. What? Yeah. I had to do some research when I found this thing to find out what it was. Abercrombie um, and Fitch has been along that long, around that long? Uh, apparently they have, yes. So in 1967, this company made called um, hold on, uh, Glassic Industries. They made. They sound like they build fiberglass vehicles. They build fiberglass cars. Okay. So they built a fiberglass copy of a thirty-one Ford Phaeton, which is not a car that anybody would desire. So why they made that, I don't know, but they did. Um, they made sixteen hundred of them. They're based out of Palm Beach, Florida, which obviously is that checks out. <laughs> I mean, you also have like there's a lot of boating down there. That's why there's a fiberglass specialist. Right. Um, anyway, this one here has pictures from Abercrombie and Fitch, um, from their cat, from their like an invoice from Abercrombie and Fitch to purchase the car from their catalog in 1967 for 
$4,925. I'll send you a link to it so you can see it. Yeah, um, I don't even know what this looks like. It looks like a 31 Model A with just a fake one. What did you? What chassis is it based on? Does it even say? It might. I don't think I haven't got that far. I was just blown away that Abercrombie fit with the store for that long, number one. And that the... It just says Pinto four-cylinders. The Abercrombie runabout. Yeah. Oh, they also made... They came with Pinto four-cylinders and International Scout four-cylinders, which ties into our last one. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say what frame it's on. That is... Oh, weird. So the, so here's the, here you go right here. So Glassic built around twenty to thirty cars for Abercrombie and Fitch to sell primarily through their Christmas catalog, under a promotion, of for the man who had everything. Right. So Abercrombie and Fitch was douchey in nineteen sixty seven as well. Yeah. So what I'm learning most here. of the cars were sold through West Palm Beach in Miami. And the cars were charged to a particular store. This was not great for the store's profit page since the cars usually had much smaller <laughs> markup than other high-priced items. Huh. Except they had a custom-made medallion in the front that said Abercrombie Runabout. Wow. That's... Uh, yeah, the one-piece fiberglass body is then mounted on an International Harvester Scout chassis, 100-inch wheelbase, 93-horsepower four-cylinder. Weird. So weird. Yeah. The frame springs, the frame springs, brakes, and power transmission power transmission system are built to truck standards. It is powered by an international Comanche engine, which owes its heritage to years. Yada yada yada. You can use this car in hunting, camp, fishing, lodge, drive it over fields to a hunt meet, whistle it down the station each morning, trek it over the hard sand at the beach, because the international harvester chassis and engine are made to take the roughness of the outdoor bumpy country. It's just like a weird-looking kit car. Yeah, it's just a. Typical looking late sixties kit car that like misses the mark by a little bit. So it's obviously a kit car. But at this point nobody knows what it is, so they just assume it's an old car. Right. But it is an old car. I mean at this point it's nineteen sixty seven. It's an antique in its own right. Yeah, but it's not like uh it's not like a uh that's not brass era. It's no, it's after brass era. It's after era. brass yeah. era. This is like prohibition era. Yeah. It's so weird. That is Right? That is the strangest special edition that I've ever heard of, actually. Yeah, it goes back to the special edition show yep. many yep. episodes ago. Man. but And it's in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah, 16 grand. That is bizarre. I think I paid 19 grand for the pickup truck before I paid 16 grand for this. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's in really good shape. But it's... I'd you know, rather have a Scout. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather find one of these all, you know, deteriorate on top and with a nice Scout chassis under it to restore a Scout. <laughs> So strange. But I, I just I was I was surprised by a few things. I was surprised that Abercrombie and Fitch has been a store for that long. And I was surprised that anybody would make a kit of a thirty one Phaeton. That's a very undesirable car. But anyway, that's all. That's our quick Craig Craig Don't Tell Me game this week. Cool. And on that note, we'll get out of here. You can find us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, Instagram, Auto Off Topic. You can find me on Instagram, Race and Anger. Go follow the Gearhead Project podcast. Go check out Gearbox Magazine. Don't forget to buy Z28's album, Nobody Rides for Free. 100%. And where can they find you, Brad? Uh, TSISS350 on Instagram. Cool. And as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.